two chapter twenty of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de la Viera, translated by Robert Southey. Book two, chapter twenty. How the battle was performed between Don Bruneo of Bonamar and Madaman the Envious, brother to the insolent damsel and of the confusion which was occasioned by envy among the friends of amadis for which amadis forsook the court of king lisuarte on the day after the battle don bruneo of bonamar appeared before the king and there he found the insolent damsel who said that her brother was ready to do combat with him and take that poor vengeance for ardent canelio forthwith they armed and went to the field don bruneo accompanied by many good knights and madaman the envious for so he was called by them who bore his arms at the first encounter madaman was thrown and bruneo slightly hurt in the breast he kept his seat but when he turned the reins madaman cried out to him sword in hand don bruneo if you would lose not your horse alight or let me mount take your own choice quoth bruneo alight then said madaman for being of huge stature he thought to have the advantage afoot then began a brave battle and while they were thus engaged there happened a strange thing whereby it was manifested that beasts know their masters for the horses being loose in the field attacked each other fighting with their feet and teeth so furiously that all were amazed thereat and this lasted till madaman's horse being no longer able to hold out ran away and in his fear leaped over the barriers the which all they who wished for the victory of bruneo held as a good sign and turning their eyes now to the two combatants they saw how don bruneo pressed upon the enemy hard so that madaman drew back and said why do you fatigue yourself is not the day long enough hold a while and let us rest look at your arms and the blood which you have lost and you will find it needful madaman quoth he if our combat were of another nature you should find in me all courtesy but for this pride and hatred i will not suffer thee to rest and show thy own faint-heartedness lest my own fame should be lessened with that he pressed upon him and foined so fast at him that madaman had enough to do to defend himself from the blows and he thinking he might protect himself better among the rocks drew back towards the cliff and there he stood upon the edge being affrighted at the depth till bruneo came up and with his shield and hand thrust him over so that he was all shattered before he reached the water then bruneo knelt and returned thanks to god but when matalesa the insolent damsel beheld the fall of her brother she ran furiously to the cliff and looked over and seeing the bloody fragments floating on the waves she caught up his sword which he had dropped and cried here where the blood of my uncle arden canilio and my brother has been shed shall mine be shed also that my soul may be with theirs and she ran herself through and fell backward into the sea don bruneo then rode to the lodgings of amadis and his bed was placed by the beds of amadis and angriote and there were they all healed and during their confinement the knights and ladies of the court often went there to amuse them 
Now Briolania, perceiving that the malady of her love increased, with the advice of Amadis departed for her own kingdom, but she determined first to see the wonders of the firm island, and prove the forbidden chamber. So she took Aniel with her, and promised to tell Oriana all that she should see there, as shall be related hereafter. As this history now proceeds, you will see the little power of human wisdom, when it pleases God to leave man to himself. You have heard how King Lisuarte, being a prince, and possessing nothing but his arms and his horse, and going about with only a few servants seeking adventures, came to Denmark, where Brisena, the king's daughter, preferred him to all her many suitors, and chose him for her husband. This was his first good fortune. But ere long his brother died, and he became king of Great Britain, and subdued other kingdoms, and the sons of kings and princes and dukes abode in his court, so that his name was famous above all emperors and kings in the world. Now there were two knights in his court who had served his brother, King Falangris, and for this, and because of their age more than for their goodness, they were of Lisuarte's counsel. The one was named Brocadan, the other Gandendel. This Gandendel had two sons who were thought passing good knights in arms, before Amadis and those of his lineage arrived there, whose exceeding worth and courage had now made them be forgotten. On this account Gandendel, neither fearing God nor regarding his duty to the king, nor the good deeds done by Amadis to himself, devised in his evil heart a foul treason. He led the king apart and said to him, Sir, I have long forborne to speak to you upon this matter, hoping some other remedy might be devised, and therein have I greatly sinned against you. But I should sin both against you and God if I were longer to keep silence, and I have been always careful to preserve my soul and honor, and do evil to no one so that my judgment is free from all passion. You know, sir, what great quarrels have subsisted between the kingdoms of Gaul and Great Britain, because that country ought to be subject to this as all the other neighboring countries are, and this is an evil which will never be thoroughly healed till it be so. But now Amadis, who is not only a native of Gaul, but the chief person of his lineage, is come hither with his kinsmen, and has acquired such power, that the kingdom is in his hand, as if he were right heir thereto. True it is that from him and his friends I have never received any wrong, but great honor and pleasure. But you are my natural lord, and I must discharge my duty, lest I fall into a wretched plight in this world, and my soul be cast into hell in the other. The king, without any seeming alteration, answered him, these knights have already served me well to my honor and profit, so that I cannot think of them otherwise than well. Sir, quoth Gantendel, that is the worst sign, for if they did anything against your service, you would be upon your guard against them, but the treachery is concealed under their good services. Thus have you heard all the talk, for the king answered nothing farther. But Gandendel took counsel with his brother Brocadan, whose evil mind was like his own, and they too, both working upon the king to the same effect, wrought in him a great change against those who had done him such services. 
so that he seemed to have forgotten how Galaor rescued him from the ten knights of Arcaleos, and Amadis from the arms of Madanfabul, although in both cases they saved his life and his kingdoms. So much was Lisuarte moved thereby that he now began to hate Amadis and his friends, and he left off visiting Amadis where he lay wounded, and would pass by his lodgings without asking how he fared. All who saw this novelty marvelled much thereat, and they sometimes talked concerning it before Amadis, but he, knowing his own true meaning, would not believe but that the king also was like himself, and that business occupied him, and this he said to his friends, and particularly to Angriote of Estravaeus, who was the most troubled. While things were in this state, King Lisuarte sent for Madasima and her damsels, and the old giant and his sons, and the nine knights whom he held as hostages, and he told them that if they did not forthwith cause the island of Mongaza to be given up to him according to terms, he would have their heads cut off, which, when Madasima heard, the tears came abundantly, and not knowing what to reply, her flesh all shook with exceeding fear. But Andaguel, the old giant, replied, that if he would send him with a certain force, he would cause the island to be surrendered to him, or else return again. The king therefore dismissed him with this force, and Madasima returned to prison, accompanied by many knights, among whom was Don Galvanius Lackland. He, beholding the tears on that fair face, was moved to exceeding pity, and yielded up that liberty which he had before preserved, and without delay speaking apart to her, he opened his heart and said, that if it please her to marry him, he would so deal that both her life and lands should be safe. Madasima, who knew well his great worth, and of what lineage he was, was nothing averse. Then Galvanez knelt down and kissed her hand, and it was not long before he acquainted Amadis and Agraeus of his love, and besought them to enable him to perform what he had promised as they regarded his life. They, marvelling at this sudden change, told him that, considering his good services to King Lisuarte, what he required was a little thing, especially as the lordship of the island would remain to the king, and Amadis promised, as soon as he could ride, to request the boon for him. Meantime Gandandel often went to visit Amadis, with semblance of great regard, and always spoke to him of the king as being changed, and warned him to beware of him lest some evil should happen, which, said the old traitor, would be a great grief to me, because of the many favours I and my sons have received at your hands. But never could he kindle any wrath or suspicion in the mind of Amadis, though he persisted so that Amadis grew angry at him, and told him to say no more, for if all in the world were to tell him so, he never would believe that so wise and good a king could be moved against one, who sleeping and waking had no thought of anything but his service. After some days, when the three knights were healed of their wounds, they rode out one morning, being richly apparelled, and after hearing mass went to the palace, where they were right welcomed by all except by the king who neither looked at them nor received them as he was wont. 
Amadis did not conceive that this proceeded from any ill will, but that traitor Gandandel came up to him, and embracing him, said with a smile, People are sometimes not believed when they tell the truth. Amadis made him no answer, and he seeing how Angriote and Don Bruneo were offended that Lisuarte did not notice them, went up to the king and said, so that no one could hear him, Do you not see, sir, how those knights look towards you? Lisuarte did not reply, and Amadis then, who suspected no evil, came up with Galvanes and Agraeus and said courteously, Sir, if it please you, we would speak with you, and let whom you will be present. The king said, Gandandel and Brocadon. Thereat was Amadis well pleased, for he believed them to be his true friends. Then they went together into a garden, where the king seated himself under a tree, and they round about him, and Amadis said, Sir, it has not been my fortune to serve you according to my good will. Yet though I may not have deserved it, relying upon your virtue and great nobleness, I venture to ask a boon which shall be to your service, and wherein you shall show great courtesy, and do what is right. Certus, said Gandandel, if it be as you say, you ask a fair boon, but let the king know what you would have. Sir, replied Amadis, what I and Graeus and Galvanes, who have served you also, now request is the island of Mongaza, that reserving to yourself the lordship, you would give it with Madasima in marriage to Don Galvanes, wherein you will show favour to him who is of such lineage, and hath no lands, and will gain a good vassal for yourself, and also deal courteously with Madasima, who by us hath been disherited. Gandandel and Brocadan, hearing this, looked at the king, and made signs to him that he should not grant it, but he remained silent for a while, calling to mind the great worth of Galvanes, and the services which he had received from him, and how Amadis had won that island with the extreme peril of his life, and knowing also that what they asked was a reasonable and becoming thing, and just but because his will was perverted, he answered as one who had no inclination to consent. He is not wise who asks for what he cannot have. I say this with respect to you, for you ask that which five days ago I promised the queen for her daughter, Leonoretta. This answer he made to excuse himself, not because it was true. At this Gandandel and Brocadan were well pleased, and made signs to him that he had said well, but Agraeus, whose heart was warm, when he heard with how little courtesy the king had refused them, would not keep silence. You make us feel, sir, quoth he, that our services will profit us little here. If my advice be taken, our lives shall be differently employed. Nephew, exclaimed Galvanes, services are worth little when they are done to those who know not how to reward them. Men should look where they bestow them. Sirs, quoth Amadis, do not complain that the king cannot give you what he hath already promised to another. I will ask the king to give you Matasima, and let him keep the land, and I will give you the firm island, till the king shall have something else to bestow upon you. The king answered, Matasima is in my prison in hostage for her lands, and if they be not surrendered, I will have her head cut off. Then Amadis replied, 
of a truth sir you should have answered us more courteously and you would not have committed this wrong if you had known us better if i do not know you said lisuarte the world is wide enough go through it and look for those who may know you better certes sir quoth amadis till now i had thought there was no king in the world who had wisdom such as yours but seeing how strangely different you are from what i believed since you are in this new mood we must seek a new way of life lisuarte answered do your own will as i shall mine and he rose angrily and went to the queen gandandel and brocadan commended him much for what he had done in thus dismissing such dangerous enemies and he told brisena all that had passed and how he rejoiced thereat but she told him that what he rejoiced at was to her cause for sorrow for amadis and his friends had ever served him faithfully and well and that other knights seeing how they were recompensed would have great reason to seek one who would know and reward them better say no more cried he i know what i am doing and remember to say what i tell you that you ask that island for leonoretta and that i have given it her i will do as you command me replied brisena but god grant that it come to good amadis returned to his lodging in a more melancholy mood than he was wont he would say nothing to the knights of his company till he had spoken with oriana so calling duran aside he bade him tell mabilia that he must see oriana that night and that they should expect him by the water-course in the garden then he ate and regaled with the knights as he used to do and he desired them to assemble there on the morrow for he had something to impart to them when day was gone and night was come after they had retired and all were at rest he went with gandalin to the water-course and having entered it went forthwith to the chamber of oriana where she with as true love expected him and being in her arms she asked him why he had sent that message by durin and he told her all that had passed now lady mine said he since it is so that for my honour i must depart i beseech you do not command me otherwise for i am more yours than my own and if i am ashamed the shame will be yours also but oriana though she felt as though her heart were breaking took courage as she could and answered true friend with little reason can you complain of my father for it is not him but me whom you have served for my sake you abode here and for my sake have done so many great actions and from me you have had your guerdon and shall have while i live yet should not my father have done thus seeing what you have been to him howbeit though your absence will be like as if my heart were breaking i will regard reason more than my unbounded love do as you think best my father will find when you are gone that all that is left will be to him cause of sorrow and evil amadis kissed her hands my own true lady many and great kindnesses have i received from you which have saved me from death but for this i thank you above all inasmuch as honour is above all delights thus passed they that night mingling tears with their love thinking of the long solitude that was to come and towards daybreak amadis rose that dear cousin mabilia and the damsel of denmark went out with him and he embraced them and commended oriana to their consolations and so they parted weeping 
Amadis went to his lodging, and slept the remainder of the night, and some part of the morning. But when it was time he arose, and the knights assembled. They heard mass, and rode forth, and being assembled in the field, he addressed them after this guise. It is notorious to you, good sirs and honorable knights, whether the affairs of King Lisuarte have prospered or declined, since I and my brethren and friends for my sake came to Great Britain. I may therefore be excused from recalling what is past to your memory. This only I ought to say, that ye as well as myself might reasonably have expected great recompense, but either that fortune hath been using her accustomed inconstancy, or by the influence of evil counsellors, or perhaps because age hath altered the conditions of the king, we have found him different from what we expected. For when I myself, and Agraeus, and Don Galvanes besought him that he would give Madasima to Don Galvanes in marriage, and with her her lands in vassalage, he, nothing regarding the worth of this knight, nor his high lineage, not only would not grant us the boon, but denied it in terms so discourteous and dishonorable, that because they proceeded from a tongue so true, and from a judgment so sound, I would not willingly repeat them, were not things at this extremity, that it cannot be excused. Know then, sirs, that towards the end of our talk, when we said to him that he did not know our services, he replied, The world was wide enough, and we might seek those who would know them better. So, therefore, as we have hitherto obeyed him in concord and friendship, now must we in discord and enmity, fulfilling that which he thinks fitting. It seemed right to me that you should know this, because it not only concerns us in particular, but all in general. When these knights heard what Amadis had said, they were greatly astonished. And they talked one with another, and said that ill would their poor services be recompensed, when what Amadis and his brethren had done was so forgotten, so that their hearts were moved against the king, and Angriote of Escravius, as one who had resolved to take his share in the good or evil which might befall Amadis, said to them, Sirs, I have long known the king, and have always seen him temperate in all his actions, and never moved without great and just cause. Therefore I cannot believe that this should proceed from his own nature or inclination, but from some meddling traitors who have bereft him of his wisdom. Not for this do I excuse the king. For many days I have seen him speak more with Gandandel and Brocadan than he was accustomed to do they being false and treacherous men, and I believe that they have done this thing, hoping to obtain thereby for themselves and their sons that which they have never merited. And that you may see how the justice of God comes to pass, I will arm myself and challenge them for their villainy, which they have done to the king and to Amadis, and will do combat against them both, or against their sons in their stead, if they dare sustain their father's treason. Forthwith he would have departed, but Amadis withheld him, saying, God forbid, my true and loyal friend, that your life should be put in danger for an uncertain cause. I am certain, quoth Angriote, that it is as I say, by what I have long known of them, and if it pleases the king to speak truth, he will confirm it. If you love me, 
replied Amadis, let this rest at present, that the king may not be offended. If these men who seemed so friendly are indeed my enemies, that will be known hereafter, and then may you better proceed against them. Then Angriote, albeit unwillingly, consented to delay vengeance. Amadis then turned to the assembled knights and said, Sirs, I will take leave of the king and queen, if they choose to see me, and will go to the firm island, where they who shall please to live with me shall be partakers with me in all the honour and pleasures that I can command. The land is rich and aboundeth with all things. There is store of forests and of fair women. I have treasure enough for our wants. They who know us will come thither to see us, and strangers to demand our help, and there we may return from our adventures to recover strength. While my father King Parian lives, the kingdom of Gaul will not fail us, nor after his days. I have letters from the Lesser Britain telling me that they give me that land, that then you may esteem our own. I must remind you also of Scotland, the country of my cousin Agraeus and of Queen Briolania's kingdom, which will not fail us for weal or for woe. That you may say truly, Sir Amadis, quoth the knight present, whose name was Tantales, and who was governor of that kingdom. So Bradisa and its fair queen, whom you have established there, will be always at your service. Now then, sir, cried Don Quadragante, take leave of the king, and then will it be seen who they are who love you and will continue in your company. Amadis answered, Greatly shall I esteem those who at this time will so honour me. Yet do I not say that if they can profitably remain with the king, they should not do so, for of a truth so good a lord cannot soon be found. As they were thus talking, the king and Gandandel passed by with many other knights hawking with merlins, and sported near them a while without speaking to them or noticing them, and then returned to the palace. End of chapter 20